Welcome to Cloudlandia, Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Jackson, you sound a bit older. I do. I actually, you know, I am uh, one year older, 55 years old now. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So we're we're slightly, this is the one. It happens, you know, it happens. This is the one week out of the year when we are slightly out of sync in our 22-year age gap, because you will be very, very shortly 77. Yes, that's that's very correct. So that'll be on uh, Wednesday, on Wednesday. On Wednesday, you'll be 77, and that will mark... I think that will remove the statute of limitations on my uh, the permanent record of my one occasion of lying to you. Yes. On your seventieth birthday. Yes, I. So all is forgiven. I think after seven years, the record is uh, obliterated, but I'm back to uh, perfect record. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, did you have a good time? I had a great time. We went to Longboat Key and uh, spent some time at the beach and that's just in, relaxed. That's on the keys, is it? It's, is that uh, on the keys? It's a it's a key off of the coast of Sarasota, so it's uh-huh. a little uh, yeah, a little key um, there. So it's about two hours from my house yes. and. Yes. Just uh, wonderful. We stayed at a place called the Longboat Key Beach yeah. Resort. And it was, uh, you know, the, the beaches there are just so nice sand, sour, uh, the powder kind of sand. All the Gulf beaches mm-hmm. are really, really nice. And the weather was perfect. Mm-hmm. It's nice to, uh, nice to have some thinking time and to... Uh, Mm-hmm. Just disconnect for a little bit. Yeah, I was uh, thinking, um, you know, I've been thinking recently about um, uh, what determines people's feeling of aging. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually I actually think is that there um well, the, the calendar, of course, says that they're a day older or a week, month, or quarter older. But I mm-hmm. think it's they're not uh, learning anything new, not developing any new capabilities, not discovering mm-hmm. anything new. And I mm-hmm. think that's what determines people's feeling of aging. Like, I, do you, I mean, I, I honestly, I say to people, I don't feel any different than I did at 22. Um, you know, mentally curiosity, um, you know, joy and engagement and all of those, you know, positive things Mm -hmm. physically, I feel different than I did at 22, but, um, but mentally and my spirit, (laughs) I feel the the same, but I, I feel like so much more, uh, you know, there's, I've had way more, um, experience now yeah and i imagine you know yeah. like you're just your i imagine at 77 you don't do you feel any different uh you know it's really interesting uh, we uh, have a new thinking process and that i'm testing out on our two hour we have our two hour connector calls mm-hmm. uh, between uh quarterly workshops and I came up with one um, um, uh, two or three weeks ago, and uh, I don't think that you caught it because I think it's mm-hmm. been within the last week or so. And it's called "Why You're a Great Who." And uh, oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, it reverses the thinking. Yeah, I mean, since who not how? By the way, we're at 120 now registrations because of who not how. That's so uh, great. Into the program. Yeah, and 28 are just read the book, phone the, um, uh, click on the website and sign up with no 
uh, no discussion with a strategic coach. Um, it's one members. of those concepts that once it does what it says on the tin, once you get it, the insight is within the 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 words. You get it and you yeah, understand so, what that means, and you say <laughs> you understand immediately that I need that. Yeah, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, we're up over 900 uh, with our Amazon uh, reviews, so there's been a you know wow. just a big bunch of reviews, and uh, we're at 4.6 out of a, you know a possible um, total five. We're at 4.6, and Robert Cialdini was at Genius uh, Genius X um, two <laughs> weeks ago, and uh, he he was saying that. Uh, reviews are kind of a part of a whole vast universe, which is called persuasion. Mm-hmm. That's his next book is called Persuasion, and it's it's, it's well, it's uh, sort of a, to kind of sum it up very shortly. It's that um, uh, it's how you count with people who are kind of like you. Yes, you know, sort of resonant to your, you, you know, in a network, and and uh, so he said the sweet spot with a review, uh, like a book review, is between four point two and four point seven. He he's right. discovered that, and uh, so we're at four point six. So we're at the higher level of the uh, sweet spot, and uh, but I got uh, it was very interesting because I have one. Uh, review that's a one star. It's a one star out of five. So I wanted to go see what this person had to say, and I found <laughs> yeah, it. What was it? The person said, um, "Why do you even have to read the book? Uh, everything you need to know is on the cover." <laughs> there it is. You see. And I said, "Well, that wasn't such a bad review." <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, uh, uh, I thought that was humorous because uh, uh, he was angry because uh, um, the, now <clears throat> the question whether uh, you know I think it was a he. Uh, the question was whether he does anything with the thought. You know, that's really whether it's that's valuable. Like that, or not um, valuable. That's like that uh, "Never Eat Alone" book. You don't even need to read it. Yep. It's just there. It is. Never eat alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. So so anyway, it's uh, it's great. Uh, but the um, the ones that you know, I mean, you're you and I are you, you know um, constant uh, conversationalists ever since we've known each other about marketing. How do you how do you yeah. attract someone's attention and then engage with that person uh, in the most economical uh, way, you yeah. know, in other words, the most productive way. Yes. And my, my sense is, um, you know, that the book is written through a collaboration, not requiring much time on my part. And the book is mm-hmm. out there, you know, um, <clears throat> let's say, note in a bottle really you know we've we've got yes. hundreds more than a hundred thousand bottles out floating around and uh and then the person reads the book and is persuaded enough to go to our website and not only find out about us but to actually sign up at the and that's a that's a very economical from start to finish that's a very economical yeah. um right. idea yeah and uh and then we put up the cover on Amazon. We put up the cover for the gap and the gain, which is um, uh, for um, for this October. And mm-hmm. in the first week, we had a thousand orders already. So that's um, great. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my story. <laughs> Things are shaping up. Uh, this the, is awesome. But, I love to hear all of that. Yeah, but the the. Um, the uh, idea of why you're a great who, uh, why um, what I do is I simply have you identify from your past activities that clearly indicated at a much earlier age why you're such a great who now. Uh, mm. Activities that you're doing right now that would represent 
why you're a great who, and then possibilities for the future that would even expand why you're a great who. And you write three, three, and three. And then under the uh, past column, I have you write down um, what are the lessons um, that you got from these past experiences, doing mm-hmm. a past experience that you're presently using uh, lessons. And then uh, what are the best projects in the present that, that where you're um, using the most of why you're a great who? And then what are the three possibilities in the future that would even up the game? You would even be more of uh, being a great who. And then mm-hmm. insights, and then they talk about it. And it's very emotional. Uh, I was kind of surprised. I tried it last Monday, last Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And one of our ten times connectors, and uh, it, it uh, the thing that it did, if I can sum up uh, what I think was the strongest response to it, was that all of a sudden people began to see that when they were children, they were actually heading in the direction of, um, you know, what makes them a great who right now. Right. So you were yeah. talking about. 22, so probably at 22, you were well on the path to being a great yes. move. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great because that's the great, uh, that was the great awakening, you know, learning about. I'd always been attracted to entrepreneurship and, uh, you know, the results economy because that's, uh, you know, my only ever one job at the bowling alley. Uh, <laughs> cured, cured me of of working per hour, you know, for uh, a yeah. regular job in favor of the results economy of selling coupon books door to door. That mm-hmm. was just that was a great lesson, and the ability to mm-hmm. overcome, uh, you know, to to develop the ability to go and. Uh, knock on people's doors and talk to strangers yeah. and try and well, uh, money. I think one of the, I think, uh, big changes in your lifetime and my lifetime compared to today is that, um, you know, children and teenagers are, are, are not getting the same amount no. of possibility. Um, it's true. Uh, even having even having a normal job, they're not uh, they're not uh, able to have even a normal job in many cases, and uh, so um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I forget who I was talking to, um, one of the clients, but he said that oh, he was talking. He was uh, he's he's got a son in college and. Uh, the son, um, they were visiting and they had sort of a hangout with the son and a number of the other students. And um, uh, the uh, he he just noticed that they were, you know, they seemed to be clueless about how money was made, how money was created, and yeah, you know how the how the economy grows and everything else and uh and it was very interesting because he got talking to them and he said that uh, you know that he said they've got all sorts of magical thinking about how things actually happen you know they don't have a they don't really have a sense that uh value has to be created and the value is in the eyes of the you know the person who's paying for it and uh they'll pay a little they'll pay or a lot depending on how valuable it is and it hadn't gotten across to them that that's fundamentally what's involved uh, for your personal finances, but also just, you know, billions of people. This is how things actually uh, move. Mm -hmm. This is how things are actually created. And, uh, you know, maybe that's why, maybe that's why there's an upswing in, UFO sightings right now. <laughs> there was, you know, that's so funny. About the, there's uh, an absence. There's an absence of real understanding how things work. So, uh, you know, uh, you know. So you're 
your thinking goes very far afield if you don't really understand. It's pretty interesting, uh, like what is happening right now. If you see the the UFO uh, um, files, you know, if you're observing, it feels like the the Navy and the government is getting. Uh, and I don't know what I think the media is portraying it as admitting that there's things that they don't know. Um, but this, all this, uh, the recent activity seems to be around these um, orbs that, that splashed into the ocean just recently. Yeah. Have you seen about those? Yeah. Yeah, I actually saw I saw a video uh, yeah, that's, about an I hour before that. I came on this morning. I I was looking at one. And I, so what? And are, I what said, are, well, it's, it, it, I mean, it's got to qualify on three counts. Is it unidentified? Yep, it's unidentified. Is, is it flying? It, yes, it's flying. Yes, it is. And is it uh, an, an object? object? <laughs> it seems to be an object. <laughs> that right there is an unidentified <laughs> flying object. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and people said, you know, I mean, aliens. I said, oh no, they didn't say it was aliens. They said it was an unidentified flying object, and I totally agree. That's what agree. you got there. Yeah, what is what that? I don't know. The, I don't know. And that, you know, they interviewed. Apparently, they interviewed uh, Navy pilots who, have, yeah, you know, spotted things and actually taken photos. And yes. uh, the one this morning that I saw was from shipboard. It was just, yeah, they were taking. Uh, a video of that, and uh, I said, "Well, if if what shows up on their video is what they saw, there's definitely, I have to say, that was an unidentified flying object." <laughs> yes, and it's interesting how the media now they're turning that into, "Are there aliens?" You know, like well, that would be. They're saying that. that so the thing I thought was, if that is. It would be the most profound event in human history. I think that would be true. I think that would be true. I think like that is stating the enormity of it and yet understating it at exactly the same time. <laughs> the most <laughs> profound outcome in human history. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I wouldn't. You know, I, I I actually wouldn't turn on my television set to watch it because you know I've got my no, you're on my campaign television. going. So I would, um, you know, I'd I'd probably go on to you, you know, go on to the internet to see yeah. what's actually happening there. Well, that yeah, I was just watching the, the the watching. I mean, talk about incredible the. Um, uh, the barrage of rockets that were fired at Israel and how the Iron Dome technology was, you know, picking picking them off, you know, and you just see, you know, hundreds, hundreds of these rockets uh, in the air. And then the Israeli defense, uh, the Iron Dome uh, defense thing, they shoot them up and they're boom, 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 you know, and... Uh, so they said that they were about 90% good this time. They uh, able to uh, knock the rockets out. And uh, anyway, Isn't that but we had clients. We we had clients about uh, 10 years ago from Alabama, mm -hmm. and they worked on components of that system. They actually, uh, you know, they were, it was, you know, I mean, uh, things like that, uh, there's probably... The technology of the of nature of Iron Dome, and if uh, no one knows what I'm talking about, it's a uh, defense missile so that if a enemy launches a rocket through satellite technology, they can detect the launch, and immediately they can um, calculate the trajectory of the rocket, the enemy rocket, hostile rocket. And then they determine where that's going to land, and it's just going to land in an empty space. They don't, they let it just um, explode. But if it's looking like it's going to hit a populated area, then they send a rocket up, and their rocket knocks out the other rocket. Well, this is just, I mean, where would you even start to, to uh, create stuff like that? Like, sort of, you just realize there are people just, 
intellectually on a whole nother level? Well, it's because there was, I think, a, a, uh, probably humans who were better at other humans in calculating trajectory. In other words, yeah. you know, they were actually in, they, you know, they. Um, it's like they baseball need- players. It always still to this day amazes me that, um, you know, the uh, pitcher will pitch and it's a, you know, looks like it's going to be um, a home run or it looks like it's going to be uh a hit, and uh, one of the fielders, center fielder, whichever fielder, runs just runs straight and arrives just as the ball comes down, and uh, and but apparently, you know, first of all, they've done it before. <laughs> That's, That's one true. Thing, you know, they they have the experience, but the other thing is they've done it so often that they uh, know from doing it a thousand times or 2000 times, you know, uh, that uh, right off the bat, they knew about 95% where it's going to land. And then they have to speed up and then they have to calculate and then they catch the ball. So if you think of human, human uh, abilities that we develop all these enormous abilities and we do them over and over and over again, um, it looks like magic at a certain point because your brain has calculated the odds and it's got the odds pretty good of exactly what's going to happen here. And then at a certain point, this can be documented and, um, and it can be programmed into computer, you know, into a technological system. And, um, and one of the things that I put an emphasis on, uh, you know, the, um, um, there's always been this discussion, you know, with entrepreneurs and Genius Network at Abundance 360 and, you know, in our own workshops where people say, why do you have so many people? I mean, uh, you know, why do you have so many people in your company? And I said, well, um, I said, first of all, I like having a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And I said, <laughs> and I said, um, if they're always growing and taking on new skills, then it's not really a cost. It's uh, it's an investment. You know, it's really an investment. And um, you know, um, and when something unexpected happens or something brand new happens, uh, if you've had people who have successfully taken on and completed, uh, you know, uh, dozens of new projects in the in the past. Uh, they just treat it like a new project, like, uh, you know, switching to Zoom backstage so that everybody was working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just a new project. And, you know, it was done in, it was done in three days. And right. then we have to switch. We have to switch. And, you know, now instead of in person, we're doing it by Zoom. But that's just a new project. So we're doing this new project, new project. So if you have teams of people who are just always used to improving their skills and taking on new challenges, then um, there's not a great negativity to the new thing. It's just a, it's just a new thing that you're doing. Right. Yeah, this is... Uh... <laughs> so we're bigger. I mean, we're... Um... Uh, we let go 23 people right off the bat, like within mm-hmm. the first two days. And they had all been hired within the previous six months. Mm-hmm. And uh, they weren't they weren't engaged yet. They were still in their training period. So they weren't really right. engaged. We weren't, we weren't losing productivity. Um, and uh, we let them know. And the reason is that we wanted to have a company-wide meeting on the fourth day. And uh, you had to, if you're going to let people go, you had to do it in the first two, two, three days. And um, and so it was really interesting. And then we, we went from 130 down to 107. And now we're back up to about 119. So during the past year, we've, and wow. some have left. Some people have left over the, you know, the, but. What I'm noticing is just this very, very high skill level. Um, and, you know, we have um, 70 people have been with us for more than 10 years, you know. 
That's and, what's great, isn't it? Like that level yeah. of uh, inside <clears throat> knowledge, you know, specialized knowledge about both as a teamwork and as the culture and everything. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way. Yeah, and, uh, you know, uh, there's a feeling that uh, we, uh, you, we as a company did it really well, you know, because, um, you know, there's companies that didn't do it well. And, uh, you know, they, they get the news, they, they watch the news, they listen to what their friends are saying and everything. <clears throat> but the interesting thing is that our global program, our virtual global program, which we mm-hmm. started in uh, September of last year, so we're, um, you know, what's that, seven months? Uh, no, yes. No, I'm trying to think. Yeah. yeah, it's about seven months. And uh, we've got 390 signups. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the, I mean, you really, I just saw a great article I was reading this morning. I start out, and I wish I could remember where I uh, found it. I did bookmark the article, but it started out with a New York Times article about Mr. Beast that I uh, found, and then it was through linking out to these. But somebody had done the landscape of what they're calling economy, which is the the new word to describe what we're um, what we've created now in the last ten years. It's really only ten years old, and that's what Mr. Beast is part of this creator economy, meaning people who are making things mm-hmm. on YouTube, um, creating content. Um, I would call. Mm-hmm. Under that definition, I would be in the creator economy. You would be in the creator economy. All of these uh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. things, right? Where we're creating um, content that we share with with a global audience. And they did a estimation of the landscape of the um, creator economy. And there's about 50 million people in the creator economy, they guesstimate. Um, not guesstimate, they went, it was very specifically um, formulated by the number of people, the number of YouTube accounts that are over a certain amount that have mm-hmm. 100,000 100, or more subscribers kind of thing, that those mm-hmm. are what they're calling um, the professional creator economy. And same mm-hmm. with um, Instagram and um, you know, all, all of that. Yeah. And so when you look at that, it's very neatly, the, mm-hmm. it's very neatly 1% of the global online community of 5 billion people. Mm-hmm. And so there's something, um, you know, it's, 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 it was really interesting to um, see because the, um, if we start to look at that, it's really only been possible the last, um, it's really only been possible over the last 10 years that this has all evolved. Mm-hmm. 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 Which you know that's pretty um it's pretty great, <laughs> and you know to think about that there's so much um where it's essentially alchemy, you know that's really what I was describing it as years ago that mm-hmm. um when when we talked about Eben Eben Pagan and I had a really great discussion one time we were talking about how you know currencies and things used to be on the gold standard where it was, you know, attached to physical, you know, something Mm -hmm. to a physical asset. And I was kind of taking the side that because everybody was a lot, you know, saying how when we switched to a fiat currency, that that's like, that was the beginning of the end kind of thing. But the, um, the fact that the economy itself, the the world itself is moving, or at the time was moving, into a situation where 
we could create money from nothing. <clears throat> you know, this was 20 years ago. We were having this discussion and, you know, I was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year selling a digital book, which is literally like selling a picture of a book, right? It's mm -hmm. not even mm -hmm. selling a physical book. And yet that money was being exchanged with no physical impact on um, that would ever show up GDP or trade deficit or, you know, because it's all about yeah. physical goods, you know? Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. There was a book written probably about 20 years ago and it just got updated. And uh, I don't know both the authors, but one's name is Mark Mills. And Mark Mills uh, is a thinker about energy related matters. And he's, uh -huh. with a, uh, he's with an institute called the Manhattan Institute, which is uh, uh -huh. um, sort of an entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial think tank. So they, they're very definitely, you know, geared towards um, value creation, innovation and everything like this. And, uh, and I've listened to Mark Mills. I've seen YouTube of him and, uh, and, uh, and, but there's a fascinating book and the, um, uh, the, the thesis, the name of the book is the bottomless well. And he okay. said, um, and the, his thesis is that you can tell how advanced a, um, um, you know, a civilization is or a society is by the, um, the sheer amount of energy that they can waste. <laughs> the sheer amount of energy they can waste. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. For example, if you think of a laser beam, there's just a phenomenal amount of energy uh, that uh, has been essentially wasted uh, to actually, um, you know, go through all the research and the development and the tech, you know, the, the buildup of technology to the point where you could get a laser beam. Uh, uh, laser beam and it just uses up a phenomenal amount of energy and most of it is wasted energy in the sense that it's just thrown off as heat you know I mean um, you know starting with the, either coal or natural gas uh, that's required to uh, produce the electricity and then yeah uh, all the all the all the energy that's required to even manufacture manufacture the technology and he said that the u.s is the number one country in the world and he says surely on the basis that the u.s wastes more energy than any other country on the planet and i thought it was a really really interesting he says uh, uh, this would be sort of an indicator you know an indicator of uh, where we are right now and uh you know the so the article that you just talked about, the 50 million who are in the new economy, yeah. they're, they're in the part of the economy that exists because of the incredibly high waste of energy. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So here's, I found the article. It was from the Signal Fire uh, blog. And this was an interesting, so... It, I'd appreciate it if you send it, send it on to me. But, yeah. Damn, of course I will. Um, yes. So here's, here's the, they got an infographic that shows that there are 50 million content creators serving our 5 billion community. So 1% is feeding the 99% bottomless well of attention yeah. to be wasted, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so they're estimating that there are 46.7 million amateur creators and 2 mm -hmm. million professional creators, meaning, <clears throat> mm -hmm, um, which that's kind of an interesting, here's how they break that down. <clears throat> of uh, YouTube, 
has 31 million channels on YouTube and 1 million of them have over 10,000 subscribers. I see. Mm -hmm. So um, on Instagram, 1 billion accounts on Instagram and approximately 500,000 have over 100,000 followers. And it's interesting that there are um, approximately 200,000 uh, musicians, writers, illustrators, podcasters. So we mm -hmm. fall into that category there. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty, I mean, that's a pretty interesting, um, those are some pretty interesting stats. You know? Well, think think about uh, you know. I mean, go back to your starting number of fifty million. Yeah. Um, you know, think of think of the uh, um, the those individuals have been essentially uh, freed up from having to do things for survival for the most part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, and uh, you know what? The, it's kind of like the the entire global society right now is capable of 50 million. So if you measured 10 years from now and it was up to 100 million, that means that you've had a an enormous growth of your global economy in a 10 year period. Yeah, I look at the. Um, mm -hmm. I've been contemplating, like thinking about the how much of what we do, how much of the economy, because I, I, you heard the words when we were, um, these were quarantine thoughts I was having, that uh, essential workers, right? What, yes. what are essential workers? And I thought about how much of um, what we do is really, at the tippy top of Maslow's hierarchy. Yes. You know, I mean, that the, the, the majority of what we're doing is non-essential, seems like, you know? Like when you take, uh, if you look at just all of the, the people that you come into contact with and what their, um, what their business is or what their um, job is or how they're employed. There's a lot of stuff that is, you would deem non-essential <laughs> like mm -hmm. that are not like you think about the whole like entertainment world, you know, all of this and none of YouTube is essential. None of this whole, the, you know, the creator economy is not essential, right? It's kind of a, and it's funny yeah, how it's kind we, of like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in the health insurance market, uh, you know, um, um, what is insurable and what is considered elective surgery, for right. example, the United States, your surgery will be covered by insurance, but, um, if you're doing plastic surgery, that would not be covered by insurance. That's elective. And you could use right. the same words uh, for this. That's a good idea. In the it's actually the an elective, elective economy. economy. That's great. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good distinction, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's not an essential economy. It's an elective no. economy. Yeah. And that's pretty interesting. Like when we look at the, um, you know, when we surround ourselves, we look at the um, people that we work with. Even you know, like we're we're. I wouldn't say we're we're in the elective economy. That's uh, yeah, for sure. Being an entrepreneur is an elective. Um, yeah, and, and but, you know, one of the things uh, I was thinking. Um, Peter Diamandis and I had a conversation about two weeks ago. We did um, a number of podcasts, and he had just uh, interviewed Elon Musk, 
he, he had an hour long uh, interview that went out on on I his saw that. I saw part of it. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking uh, about uh, Elon, and I said, you know, uh, I. My suspicion is that his, you know, his the value of um, he puts it all. In, I think he puts everything under Tesla. It's called the Tesla, and you know, and, um, and that you know, it's very, very highly rated, and his portion of it makes him the number one or number two wealthiest person in the yeah. planet, just going on stock holdings. And I, I said to Peter, yeah, I said, you know, I think that. Fifty percent of the value of what people are investing in is the man himself. I said, because yeah. uh, uh, if you really take Tesla apart as a car company, and you know you don't know the name of the car company, but they're selling this many cars, um, it, it, it shouldn't be as high as it is. You know, it, um, they don't. Uh, yeah, they sell. You know. Uh, they're getting up near the half million, half million mark a year. Uh-huh. But, you know, Toyota sells nine, you know, they sell nine million a year, you know, like yes. it's, uh, they're 18 times as big. Yeah. And I said, there's some, there's something that is extra about uh, Elon Musk um, that it's um, people are actually not so much investing what, Elon says he's working on, uh, it's that uh, they'll invest in anything that Elon is working on because he's Elon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. and, and because it seems to me that, you know, if you take somebody uh, who's working on things, you know, uh, are, are they essential or they're elective? I think they're all elective. I think everything right. he's working on is elective. And uh, and my sense is that uh, he's developed a whole way of thinking about that, and he's put together how you fund it and how you package it and how you present it, and you know, and and uh, you know, and uh, how you get the word out and everything like that. So he's he's really uh, created an entire system. And I said the number one message um, uh, that I think comes across from Elon and, uh, yeah, uh, and uh, there's others that's true is that he, he, he would bet his life on a really big idea. And that's totally elective yes. to bet your life on a really big idea. Yeah. And if he fails, he, do- and if he fails, he doesn't care because, um, you know, uh, I'm sure he cares, but what I'm saying well, is he's not asking because we're living in a simulation asking. anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's not asking anyone to bail him out. You know, I mean, if he right. fails, he's not asking anyone to bail him out. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, but I've got this exciting idea, and you think it's worth betting on. You know, that's so. Yeah, that's really uh, that's really what he's what he's done. And you and I, I mean, we're just two out of eight billion on the planet. Yeah. And if we screw up and we don't produce anything, it doesn't really matter. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I often think so about Elon. Elective. So I'm, my sense is your amount of freedom, you know, I have the four freedoms, freedom of time, money, relationship, and purpose. Uh, uh, your, uh, your elective score uh, is really a function of how much freedom that you've been able to create for yourself. Uh-huh. Yes, I agree with that. 100%. In other words, if you drop back, we've just named a new economy. If you drop back and look at yourself, how much freedom of time do you have compared to 20 years ago? Much, much yeah. greater freedom of time. That's same thing true. with money, same thing with relationships, same thing with purpose. Yes. But That's the all thing. Those all, freedoms, yeah. all those freedoms you've elected to have, you know, yeah, and your formula, how no, I'm successful when yeah. leads into those four freedoms, and those four freedoms yeah. makes your makes what you do more and more elective. Yeah, and it's I mean, yeah, I'm amazed by how um, durable my desires are. You know, when I look back, mm-hmm. even at my old uh, 
journals that, um, you know, how, you know, that's the right word. I think durable, my, my um, yeah. list has been, you know, it's, it's, well, they're not, you know, um, um, the Nisam Talib, if you've ever read any of his books, The Black Swan and, you know, Anti-Fragile. And he says what, uh, you know, he said that uh, he got, he says that bet on things that are anti-fragile. In uh-huh. other words, that uh, that you don't know what kind of disruptions there's going to be in the future. So bet on things today that you think doesn't matter what kind of disruptions, uh, you know, um, this bet will still work out. That's like, that's Warren Buffett's uh, durable advantage, yep. durable moat, or moat yeah. of certainty yeah. around something. That That's what he said. Other, uh, he doesn't know which technologies are going to win, but he's certain that 50 years from now, men are going to wake up with whiskers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and King Gillette is going to be there to save the mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to love and, uh, hamburgers and want coke. And I think, uh, you know, I think about that every morning that I have a Zoom uh, Zoom call, you know, a uh-huh. public Zoom call, you know, where I'm yeah. doing uh, a thing. And the, when I come around and shave, I say to myself, don't nick yourself now. You're going to be on camera. Yeah. And I appreciate I, I use um I don't use Gillette. What's what's the other one? Use Gillette is that oh, your chick? Well, it's one of those that's uh you know, it's electric and it's got five blades that vibrate, you know. Oh my goodness, Norelco? No, no, um, no, no, no. It's uh, not an electric shaver. It's oh. a regular shaver. It's just got battery, uh, okay. battery operated. Oh, I and it just vibrates. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it tells you. Yeah, me, it tells me too. right now that it tells me right now that their advertising has been a complete failure because I love the product, but I can't remember who makes it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I yeah. use that same one, and I can't. Remember. But I noticed that I'm really, really careful. I'm really, really careful, you know. And I said, you know, uh, 30 years ago, this would have been really, really dicey. I, I mean, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I first shaved at age maybe 13, 13, mm-hmm. 13, something like that. And yeah. you know, it was a razor blade that you put in, and uh, but you could uh, you could cut yourself. Yeah, the safety and, blade. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, they were safety. I guess I think they were safety blade because it wasn't a straight razor. You know, you weren't using right. You know, you weren't using a knife, <laughs> form of right. a knife, and everything else. But I, I just appreciate the uh, progress that they've made uh, in the technology over over the years. And uh, yeah, and as you say, I mean, fads will come and go regarding facial hair, but probably the majority of people will, you know. Mm, um, at least trim it around, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so, Dan, I thought of a great, um, have you had any more thoughts or uh, anybody brought anything up about NFTs for you non-fungible tokens? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, there's a constant buzz about it, you know, and, uh, yeah. you know, some people are, uh, you know, I can notice are really looking into it. And Joe, Joe is spending yeah. um, his elective time during uh, sabbatical year. To, yeah. He sent a kit, sent a kit over to us of things that uh, he thought were useful to read. Mm-hmm. And, um I'm going to go through those this week because I have a free week this week, and oh, nice. uh, <clears throat> yeah, and I'm just going to you know read them, watch them, and um, yeah, I mean uh, every quarter it's it's a forever project. Every quarter you want to know more about this. Yeah, I think I thought of a great uh, idea for an NFT. For is a uh, digital passport to Cloudlandia. Hmm. Digital citizenship in Cloudlandia. Oh, that'd be a good one. 
I think so too. So you're going uh, you, in the sense that they're going to receive some curation about this, right? Um, say more about that. I hadn't thought that through. Well, a passport. Uh, um, uh, what I got from that is, what are they actually investing in? You know, they're putting money down today for something that's going to be more valuable uh, as it um, as time goes by. What's going to become more valuable about their passport? Oh, see, there we go. I hadn't thought that part through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. No, I just wonder how you're gonna hook them with nine words, that's all. I wonder too. You just gotta point me in the right direction and then the words will mm-hmm. come to me. Because my interest in it is that uh, not so much NFT as such, but that blockchain is a yes. very, very fast very, very cheap new form of intellectual property protection. Yes. Yeah, I, and, I think the, and all the IP thing, lawyers yeah. and all the IP lawyers I've talked to think it's nonsense and that tells me it's really important. Well, because they're invested that'd be like imagine if you go to the register the land registry office, they'll probably tell you the same thing. That that's yeah. But, you know, it could certainly be a time when. Well, I mean, uh, what I understand is that it's um, verified, trustworthy, um, you know, uh, statement of ownership. Yes. That's what I mean. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, if it looks like a UFO and it flies, you know. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that damn thing that they're filmed there—that is, a, that is, a, you know, a verifiable proof, proof of ownership. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know because uh, I'm sitting there and I'm just noticing, you know, all the work and process and complexity that we've gone through since 1989 with, uh, you know, using one of the intellectual property tools, whether we have one that's a patent, the strategy circle is a patent, and that's Uh the only patent we have. And then we have uh, registered trademarks, we have registered copyrights. But my Mm -hmm. sense is that um, for what seems to be like a very, very nominal amount of money, you can register something as a smart contract on on, on um, the blockchain, right. and that's global. That's instantly global. Yeah. It's not United yeah. States. It's not Canada. It's global because the blockchain is global. And um, and uh, I'm really intrigued with. It. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, we would practice on ourselves. But what I'd like to do is to have some very enterprising entrepreneurs who would like to have this as a business that you can, um, you know, use their services because people still know somebody, uh, you know, I'm not asking entrepreneurs to learn a new how I'm simply asking them to consider that if they had a who, who instantly took their new ideas and logged them as in as, um, smart contracts on the blockchain, um, that they might be interested in using that service. And I already have a couple of people who are heading in that direction. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah. So anyway. Well, that's interesting. Are tell your, tell are, me about your passport. Tell me about your passport. I just the, well, the idea was, no, just that, because I don't know enough about what the NFTs are, but I know, like, I was thinking about just collectibles, you know, like a way a people are collecting trading cards or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, LeBron dunks. I wasn't thinking about it as a, a contract with, with, um, you know, adding things up to it, but just to literally have a, almost like an art piece, um, made of a digital, uh, image, image of a, um, of a Slavlandia passport. And, 
have them numbered that you could uh, that you could be a registered kind of uh, Cloudlandian. Yeah. And how is that? Uh, you know, I mean, the, uh, you, you know, from what uh, you know about you know, it, what do you think? Uh, no, let's let's uh, uh, let's go for it. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking yeah, about what are we? That, yeah. The the only thing we're in danger of, of is learning something new. That's what that was my point. Is that's what I think it would be a fun thing to learn, and it could be yeah. a good platform for anybody to learn along with us because it could be a fun uh, it could be a fun way for people to get you know access or updates to what's going yeah, on in Cloudlandia. The other thing is that we can promote it shamelessly. Yes, exactly. We're because we're part of the uh, self-appointed creator well, we, economy. We're, yeah, we're part. We're part of the self-elected. Yeah, and I mean citizenship in Cloudlandia, which we named and created out of our imaginations, is you know we could be the. Uh, uh, Joint emperors of Cloudlandia. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're like the we're like the guardians. The guardians of Cloudlandia. I was thinking about yeah. what would make a like your American, your good American uh, checklist. Is I wonder what it means to be a Cloudlandian. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, uh, I'm changing the name uh, in July to because uh, July seems to be a good uh, good month in which to change the name of your podcast. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. and it's going to be American Happiness. And, American and the reason happiness. is uh, American Happiness, and the reason is that uh, according to the internet, uh, doesn't matter which side you are, there aren't many that are. <laughs> Right. I mean, uh, seems like there's a lot of unhappy Americans. And, uh, That's true. And, uh, yeah, and I said, uh, so you know, I was at working. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, so I said, let's just make a American happiness. Let's just have a growing community of Americans who declare themselves happy. You know, yeah. And, and just and pass it on. You know, just you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, looks to me like Americans have it pretty good. Yes. Is that what the, is that what we are, uh, that we are inalienable, the, the right to pursue life, liberty, and happiness? Is that what it was? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that it's uh, uh, kind of made people crazy because, uh, um, Mm-hmm. Pursuing happiness just seems like a how to me. Yes. Yeah, that is interesting. I was be, wondering why, why don't you just recognize? Oh, I'm happy. You know, I'm, you know yeah, I, I got. I, I'm happy, and tomorrow yeah. I, I figure out a way to be happier. And like, you know, ninety days from now, I I think I'll be happier too. And be giddy. And, uh, yeah, and I'm making up the rules and I'm making up the measurements. So, right. Um, yeah, I'm just going to self-declare that I'm going to have a happy American. That's awesome. By the way, I meant to ask <laughs> what, what is your? Um, are you going to do this as a, a quarterly book as well? No, no. Uh, yes, no. Uh, that's uh, the plan, and uh, I'll co-author it with Mark Mark Young because we yes. developed the idea over three years. So it'll be yes. um Dr. Mark Young. Doctor. <laughs> and uh it, you know, he's uh he's a uh he's got a doctorate in yeah. psychology in the area of hypnotism. Uh-huh. Hypnotism. Yeah. From the yeah. University of Toronto. From the University yeah. of Toronto. Yeah. Nice. And uh yeah. But anyway, I think that um um you know why I would like to do this, this passport, is that uh, uh, we'll be compelled to go deeper with our thinking about why this is a significant thing. Uh-huh. 
Well, I know, I mean, this, the concept, this, these things that we're seeing here, this whole creator economy, that's really, it's all happening within this world of Cloudlandia. That's really the Mm -hmm. wrapper around all of it. Yeah, I mean, uh, to use a previous uh, transformation of its kind, uh, there's no question that the ability to read was a major uh, jump forward. You know, uh-huh. that, uh, uh, you know that someone could look at a page with all sorts of marks on it and get total meaning out of it. Right. You know, and think of you know all the technology that had to develop before there was even a page. Yeah, uh, you can put marks on it and everything like that. And I think that yeah. uh, we're going through something very akin, uh, and that um, it's not—it's uh, not what I would say intuitive. No, it's not—it's not really intuitive. Is that um, uh, that it's—it's it's a way of thinking that requires. An extraordinary, extraordinary amount of pre-development you yeah. know, that you've been doing over the last ten years before you kind of get what the significance yeah. of this new thing is. And that's when you really realize it. I mean, I was doing some kind of timelining in my journal the other day that, um, you know, I came up with these. Where I was thinking about how to focus like it's 1999. Because it was easier to focus in 1999 for me. Um, And Mm -hmm. part of the reason was because the internet was still a place that you would go to. And in 2007, when the iPhone came out, now it was a place, now the internet was always with you. You always brought the internet with you. And once you always had it with you, that's when this whole, that was the big bang for Cloudlandia. Yeah. 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 And, uh, everything you know, else it was, was so funny. Slowly. It was so funny because uh, Mike Koenigs and I have done two podcasts, I think, on uh, blockchain and NFTs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I've, I've de- definitely got some ideas about what I think is happening here. But uh, Mike says, well, you know, why don't you just explain, you know, kind of how the cloud chain works? And I said, uh, I, I just have to put out a warning to the listeners um, that I still haven't figured where the cloud is. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I said, you know, uh, uh uh, and, uh, you know, they call it the cloud. I know what a cloud is. Where is it? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, everything like that. And then where, where's this chain? You know, where's this chain? And right. black and everything like that. But I do get a sense that the central issue here is um, is establishing a foundation, a uh, global foundation uh, for trust. Yes. Among yeah. strangers. That a stranger... Yeah. Uh, 12 time zones away for me sees that I have a smart contract on the blockchain that relates directly to what we're talking about. So, well, it's totally trustworthy. Then. And I don't even have to know this person. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's one of those things, you know, it reminds me of, um, you know, one of the famous, uh, you know, television clips is, Brian Gumble and you know Hoda. <laughs> what, say, you know, what is what is internet? Com? What is what's internet? Dot com? Yeah. Exactly. What's that mean? Yeah. 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 And I think they're yeah, we're doing that. And uh, you know, it's the sharp edge, you know, it's the sharp edge of the razor, you know. I mean uh, yeah. the people that but there's a growing pop, population of individuals. Who number one want this, and their their wanting kind of creates it, you know, and uh, and uh, they're making use use of it. So yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, a very full goal. And uh, Another, uh, next week, uh, next time we, I will have caught up with that little 
advantage you had for about uh, nine days. That's right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's great. Have you got any uh, yeah. plans? Yeah, Peter Diamandis uh, was born on early hours of the 20th of May, but I was born at 9 o'clock, the 19th of May, 9 o'clock in the mm-hmm. evening. So I always have about a, you know, I have a, about a nine hour, I, I get this old nine hour spurt, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I will. I'll send you that um, article, Dan, that I uh, yeah. found both the New York Times and the uh, and the uh, Creator Economy article. Well, I love it. I really love it. And I'll put both in the show notes for uh, for Thank everybody you. listening. Okay. Okay. Have a great week, Dan. Uh- And I'm on for next. uh, If all goes well, we'll talk a week from now. Me too. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.